Hey everybody, it's Adrian Vandenberg. Uh, you may know me from my 13 years with Whitesnake. I've got my new band, Vandenberg's Moon Kings, and you're listening to Focus on Metal. So I would say, turn it up! Hey Metalhead, Scott Thompson here, welcoming you to another bonus episode of Focus on Metal. Yep, that's right, it's been a few weeks since we put out a bonus episode on the weekends, but uh, Richie always loves to give to the listeners, and he thought that uh, before we go on our annual summer break, we'd get at least one more bonus episode in, and the opportunity arose this week when he had a chat with Adrian Vandenberg. So you may or may not have heard that uh, Adrian put back together the uh, Vandenberg Band, although this time he's the only original member in the band, but he has teamed up with uh, the killer vocalist Ronnie Romero and put out a brand new Vandenberg album, the first one since 1983's Heading for a Storm. And this one here he has entitled... I would say fittingly, but I don't know. I'm a little bit uh, a little bit back and forth on this one, but he's entitled the new Vandenberg album 2020. And it's a good thing that it's a damn good album because otherwise it would be uh, compared to the uh, to the shit show that is the year 2020. And speaking of which, he actually does have a song on the album called Shitstorm. And right up front in the interview, Richie's got a uh, little funny story concerning the song uh, Shitstorm. But anyways, like I said, Adrian's back on board again. Brand new Vandenberg band, brand new Vandenberg album. And Richie just hunts him down for all the facts on the where, the how, the why. Everything to do with this brand new band and the brand new album. And also takes the time to delve into whether or not there's uh, Moon Kings anymore either. So great interview with uh, Richie and Adrian. And this one, the sound quality on Adrian's side, a little bit sketchy coming in from Holland. So you'll have to excuse that. I boosted it up as much as I could to try to even it out. But uh, definitely the uh, the sound quality isn't as good on Adrian's side. Apologize for that. But still, you get a nice about 30-minute chat between Richie and Adrian all about everything going on with uh, with Moon Kings, with Vandenberg, and even a little bit of White Snake talk as well. So with that, I'm going to turn the uh, the bonus episode over to Adrian Vandenberg and the man from Waterford, Irish Richie. Adrian? Yes. Hi, it's Richie here for the interview. How are you doing? Really good, man. How about yourself? I'm okay. Um, Adrian, is there any sign of live shows coming back in Holland, or is it like everywhere else in the world? Well, yeah, a little bit. Um, uh, people are trying to be creative, you know, like um, not letting, uh, not going to full capacity of uh, venues and keeping distance and all that stuff. And they're trying, you know. There's, um, I mean, people are getting uh, antsy, you know. Where you want to go to live shows, and we didn't have any festivals, of course, which is pretty boring for everybody, you know, whether you're supposed to play there or whether you just want to go, you know, as a uh, as a crowd member. Hmm. So, yeah, it's, um, I, I sure hope this is the last year without festivals because it's not natural. Yeah, it is weird. I know some in some places they're trying to do the, the drive-in shows where people come in in cars. Yeah, exactly, yeah. I've heard about it. I've seen it. It's probably starting in Holland too, I suppose. But um, I don't know. You know, it's um, it's weird. Mm. 
Mm. So the the new record is it's the first final album I bought in thirty something years, and I I got a, a small story to do with my five year old daughter. Um, <laughs> I put it on and she went out to the kitchen and she started singing shit storm and that kind of got me in trouble. And the funny thing is that was, um, this kind of sounds one of the reasons why I decided to use it worth in, um, on the very first Vandenberg album in 1982, uh, there was a song called wait till the shit is the fan. And, um, of course, on the title of the album, it was called Wake. But um, it, uh, apparently for the crowd, it was always such a blast to, to sing the whole lyric with us when we played somewhere. Um, and when I heard the, sh- the word shitstorm for the first time uh, about two years ago, I thought it was such a great, powerful word because you know exactly what it's about. You know, it's definitely not something positive. So uh, I was, I, I've heard from various friends that... Um, when <laughs> same like you, kids kids latch onto that. You know, they think it's really when they're in the pool phase. You know, then for a couple of years they think you know, like a third or a shit or whatever is the funniest thing ever. Yeah. So yeah, I hear that they're really latching onto it, but I I'm not sure whether they're gonna play it in kiddies. <laughs> well, it got me in trouble. It got me in trouble, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I want to ask about Vandenberg's Moon Kings. Is, is that finished now? Well, I, 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 the way I put it is that I put it on ice basically because he had such a great time on stage every uh, every time. But the problem was that Jan, our singer, can't really go on tour because he's got this big farm company and he needs to be there. So within Holland and 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 uh, across the border in Germany and Belgium. For him, it's doable because he can drive home every night. So I think, you know, somewhere in, in, in two years or something, uh, we probably do a, a couple of Dutch shows uh, when he can actually drive back, you know, at night. It would be a, a, a pity not to because there's very special chemistry in the band. And by now, I must say, I noticed um, a similar chemistry is happening in, in, in this new Vandenberg lineup. So we should be great. But. You know, it was just a blast playing with Moon King, so I'm, I'm pretty sure we're going to do a couple of shows in, in three years or something. Nice. Um, when you started back up in the music business and, and you started Moon Kings, why did you not just revamp Vandenberg then? Well, I thought uh, back then I thought it was a little bit too easy, you know, then um, I always go the hard way for some reason. And also, I, I, I basically looked at it also as sticking my toe in the water to to see how it was because in those 13 years that I haven't done anything um, musically uh, I caught up with my painting and wanted to be involved with um, my daughter's growing up because she didn't live with me because her mom and I separated when my daughter was free and I didn't want to be one of those dads you know who sticks his head around the corner twice a year and goes hi I'm your dad but I gotta go so yeah that, that, that took a lot longer than I initially was planning but so when I started up, I thought, you know, I wanted to start up low-key because I really miss playing and I miss writing music and all the stuff. Um, I thought, you know, when I started up at Vandenberg, it's a little bit predictable and people would properly um, kind of expect me to play all the old stuff, which I, I don't really want to do because I like um, difference, you know. I like variation in the sets and stuff and 
So yeah, that was, that was a very important thing, and now it, it seemed to be the right time to do it. Hmm. Do, do you have any contact at all with the old Vandenberg members? Well, not really, because um, what happened was about five, six years, no, about six, seven years ago, um, they filed a lawsuit against me. Um, at least, well, the singer and the bass player did. Um, they filed a lawsuit because they wanted to claim my name and they wanted to prohibit me from using my family name, uh, also as full name. So they wanted they wanted to stop me from using Adrian Vandenberg, which is the most ridiculous thing ever. So I thought it was a joke initially, but it, apparently it wasn't. And, and there were a whole string of court cases, about six of them or something. So that was so ridiculous. There were so many lies in the, in the, in the courtroom and stuff that I never really want to see those guys again, you know. Mm. Now, something like that might sour a person to even go out as the old band name anyway. Whose idea was it to use the Vandenberg name? Did, did the label come to you? Did Were you comfortable revamping it again? This time, yeah. What happened was, um, it was a little bit of a funny story, um, or unusual story. Um, I explained to my record company, my management, that um, I was working on a lot heavier stuff um, than what I've been doing with Moon Kings. And um, they said, oh, great. And I, I explained to them that it needed to be a separate thing, you know, apart from Moon Kings, because Moon Kings was going to go on ice. And um, they said, well, why don't you call it Vandenberg again, instead of coming up with yet another name? And I thought, yeah, I wasn't really looking forward to coming up with another name again, you know. Um, and they said, and I told them, well, I don't I don't want it to be like a nostalgic type of thing, you know. And they said, yeah, we understand, but think about it. So I did, and then I realized how cool it would be if I, if I could find an incredible singer and put together a kick-ass lineup, and then you'll have a brand-new, in-your-face, dynamic, fresh-new band with a name that has a heritage. And that started to be really appealing for me. Uh, in order to be able to pick up the red thread uh, from the harder early Vandenberg songs, songs like Waiting for the Night, This is War, and Fighting Against the World, that kind of stuff. Um, so that's the connection, musically, and um, especially when I found Ronnie willing to join, that made a big difference for me, because I thought, then it would be really cool to use that name, you know, because it's like connected to the early stuff. Mm. Adrian, what what made you write in a heavier direction in the first place? Well, I noticed with um, the second Moon Kings uh, studio album that I was already working in a heavier direction with songs like Tide Rope and um, Reputation, that kind of stuff was already quite a little bit heavier than on the first Moon Kings album. And live, we were getting heavier and heavier too. So um, I thought, you know, it, apparently it's like a natural direction that that that, um, that, that I'm in, in instinctively following. So then I thought, you know what, I'm going to make the difference a little bit bigger than, than it was with the second Moon Kings album and, and go full speed ahead and put this album together. Oh. Do you tend to write songs pretty quickly or are you someone who has a hard time letting them go? Ah, that's an interesting question. Um, I don't think I have a hard time letting, letting them go. Um, you know, so, sometimes uh, so the writing process is, is very different too. Um, some songs um, go very 
in a very natural, intuitive flow, and other songs I really have to keep um, fine-tuning it because there's something that doesn't uh, really appeal to me, and, uh, and, and it sometimes can take a little longer for me to find out what exactly it is that doesn't appeal to me, you know? So, yeah, it, it's, um, it's very different from time to time, and that's probably what keeps it... Um, interesting for me to, to do because it's always an adventure hmm. basically for me it's a similar kind of event, adventure as when I'm making a painting I've got this black uh, this, sorry this, this white canvas in front of me and I go what am I going to do you know and lately the last couple of years I've, I just start throwing paint against the canvas and until some shapes kind of appear and then I start uh, making association to the shape, what do they remind me of? You know, as if you're um, when you're a kid, you know, you're laying on your back in the meadow and you're looking at the sky and you play the game. Um, what what cloud like, uh, looks like a rabbit or like a dog or whatever? That's how I I've been painting a lot of years and with songs, it's not that different. Uh, I start with a riff very often or or like a chorus or just a musical line that, that, that pops in, into my, my mind and then I start making associ associations with it trying stuff out and, and see if it falls together in a natural way if it, if, if it doesn't fall together in a natural way then, then, then it usually won't work in the end that's my experience from the last uh, 40 years basically hmm. Adrian do, do you write fresh for each project to do or did you have a bank of songs and ideas that you wrote when you were away from the music business uh, well when I was away from music business uh, the only thing I did with my guitar was acoustic um, uh, studying a little bit on the gypsy style acoustic guitar because I've always really liked that and it's completely different and so I was very curious after those years how it would be to write rock songs again suddenly out of the blue pretty much and to my surprise, it went very naturally. But um, in those years, you know, it was it was kind of strange. I didn't really write anything. Okay. So, what what was the first song you wrote for this Vandenberg album? Because normally, the first song can set the direction for the rest of them. Well, you're right. You're right. Um, the first song was "Right with, uh, Right um, Right Like the Wind." Oh, great! Nice up tempo, heavy track. Yeah, yeah, and that really kicked my ass into into gear because. I knew it was gonna be, it was gonna sound great with Ronnie singing it, you know, and I could picture it in my mind, and, and that really inspired me for the, for the rest. Hmm. Now let's talk a little bit about about Ronnie. Um, I want to ask up first of all. Did you try and maybe think about getting a Dutch singer? Yeah, well, and I, I have, I've never found a singer of. Um, Ronnie's quality in Holland, you know, it's um, maybe there is one or two, I don't know. But um, the thing with Ronnie, he was the first guy who, who popped um, to my mind uh, because five, six years ago, I read somewhere that Richard Blackmore wanted to do a couple of rainbow shows, and I thought, hmm, who's going to sing, you know, because Ronnie James Dio passed away, and it would take quite a singer to, to handle that material. So I looked at YouTube and I saw Ronnie. I thought, holy shit, where does this guy come from, you know? Uh -huh. He blew me away. And uh, so that was the first guy that came to mind when I thought about finding an incredible singer. Because uh, he is. Yeah. Adrian, what was the first song you sent him to sing on? Can you remember? 
Uh, well, actually, um, I went to Madrid when I wrote the songs. I went to Madrid where I lived, and um, I had about seven songs completely demoed instrumentally. And I, when I explained it to him, I think the very first one was... Let's see, what was the first one again? I think it was... Um, I think it was Shit, Shitstorm. Okay. Okay. And he just blew you away straight away. Oh, man, yeah. We, 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 uh, we rented a rehearsal studio in Madrid which was a blast anyway because it never worked in Madrid you know apart from concerts but um, we were sitting there and I explained the vocal line to him and he saw the lyrics for the first time and the very first pass he took at it I couldn't believe it you know he was sitting there on the couch and singing like he does you know it was really amazing I've never I've never seen that I want to ask about why you choose Bob Marlette to produce it and not do it yourself well, um, I thought it would be uh, great to have like a fresh pair of ears, you know. I've, I've produced quite of most of my own albums, and uh, I thought, you know, it's going to be a fresh lineup. Um, the music rocks, and um, it would be great to have somebody who hears it for the first time instead of me, you know. When when I'm writing, I've heard it a million times, and then I, I, I demo it, and, and then I hear it another bunch of times, and... I thought it was it would be good to have like an extra guy with it uh, looking at it objectively, and it worked out really really great. Um, he didn't really want to change anything, which was a good sign. Uh-huh. And I really liked the I really liked the mix he did. Uh, the first time we called on the phone, he asked me, uh, "So, how do you think this band should sound?" And I explained to him, "Well." I'm picturing walking into um, a rehearsal room and standing right in front of the stage and the band doing the best rehearsal ever. And you're right there, you know, um, the sound is really in your face, not too really verby and very direct. And and everything is loud, you know, the drums is loud, the bass is loud, the guitars and the vocals are loud. And very fresh and, and also sound like 2020 and not like 1982, you know, where... Everything kind of uh, very reverby and, and very um, distant, usually, and a little bit woolly. You know, I really wanted to have the attack of these times, you know, mm. and it worked out really, really well. I'm very happy with it. Yeah. Now, you, of course, drew the artwork on the early Vandenberg album covers. Um, did yeah. you think? Did you think about maybe painting the album cover for this one? Yeah, I did. Um, I decided um, to reintroduce the logo that, that that changed a little bit, you know, um, uh, stylistically. Um, I made it a little bit worn instead of the shiny very first one to indicate that the band has been around or the name has been around. And I thought, you know, if I make a painting again, which I'm probably going to do the next time, um, the thing is right now, since most people listen to music on Spotify or YouTube and, and, and they look on the iPhone and there's this really tiny image of an album cover and um, like a detailed painting like I did for the first couple of Vandenberg albums would not come across properly. So I thought, you know what? Let's reintroduce the logo first so people would know right away what it's about. Hmm. Now, you've been painting most of your life and I'm sure when you were in, you were in Whitesnake and Vandenberg, you're obviously painting back then. And now you yeah. see a lot of musicians now that have been painting and they have exhibitions and stuff. But when when you were doing it in the 80s, um, were, were you aware of a lot of other musicians that were painting and did you talk to a lot of them about it? 
Not really, no, because the, the, um, I, I saw it as a big difference. Uh, a lot of guys were kind of doing it to probably take advantage of their name or their, their you know, their, the fact that they were well-known and stuff. But for me, it was my job, you know. Um, I, I went to art university and... After that, I lived from selling my paintings, and I actually taught art at high school for a while, too. Um, so for me, I felt it was a different thing than for people who, who used to do it for a hobby, and then because they're kind of well-known, they start doing exhibitions, you know? So I was actually a little hesitant to to uh, put it out there, because I thought, oh, man, people are going to think, oh, there's another guy, you know? painting and stuff, but I noticed a few. Um, I ran into a Miles Davis exhibition a long time ago, and that was really surprising to me, uh, because he painted like he played, you know? Um, other than that, I don't... I haven't really seen work from a well-known musician um, that that is above, like, hobby level. Mm. Mm. Do you still have the paintings... Uh, from the first couple of Vandenberg album covers. Yes, I do. And actually, uh, right now I'm looking at the painting for the uh, Manic Eden album that, that, that we recorded. The really starts out from the old Richard and Ron Young in 1994. Mm-hmm. It's hanging in my living room, and the other ones are hanging in my home studio. Mm. I, I love that so, Manic yeah. e- Eden record, Adrian. It's brilliant. Yeah, me too. It's going to be re-released. Mascot is going to re-release it. So that's, that's great news. Um, are they going to remix it, or are you just going to re-release it as it was recorded? Well, I'm, I'm afraid we're going to have to re-release it as it was, because uh, we can't find the 24 tracks anymore. We recorded it on tape at the time. It would be great to, re- to, to remix it, of course, but um, mm. it doesn't look like we're going to be able to find the tapes. Mm. Have you heard um, the remixes of uh, the Restless Heart songs? Yeah, it sounds good to me, you know. Um, it felt a little strange because um, apparently uh, Joe Hoekstra doubled my rhythm guitars on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and obviously he plays a little different than I do. Um, so initially it was a little bit weird, but fortunately they kept my solos on it and stuff. But um, yeah, I was um, kind of surprised. I, I like the drum sound also. And um, I just like I, I like it that they re-released it because, um, as you know, it, it hadn't been released in the... In the states in Canada at the time, so I'm happy it's out there. Mm. I have one question for you before I leave you go about slip of the tongue, and I've asked you a couple of questions on it before, and of course you never played on it. But when you were when you went out to play that live, was it difficult to find where you'd fit in your guitar parts with Steve's, because you would have written you would have written it with your guitar sound in mind. And then yeah. he recorded it with yeah. his guitar sound, and you have to come back in now. Did you have to change your sound to accommodate his? And not really, because uh, Steve and I really enjoyed playing together because we felt that our styles um, are so different, so they complemented each other. We're still good friends up to this day, you know, we're playing touch and stuff. And now the rhythm guitars are very close to how I play them. Okay. Apart from uh, apart from a song called. Kitten's Got Claws, you know, it had a lot of CVI tricks in it, mm-hmm. and it was a lot of fun um, when we decided it would be great to double all the stuff, so obviously that wasn't my style, so it was a very interesting learning experience to double Steve's part, you know, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. Now, a couple of days ago, it was the anniversary of um, 
I think it was in 87, of the Texas Jam. And somebody told me that they think that was the first show you played with that lineup with Vivian and, and Rudy and yeah. Tommy. Is, uh, is, that, is that true? And if, do you have any memories yeah, of that show? Do you mem- oh, man, yeah. It, it, was, it was amazing because, you know, I, I was straight out of Holland and uh, the only rehearsed for four or five days. And then suddenly you play in front of 100,000 people in the blistering Texas heat. You know, it was really, really hot. And it was the end of the afternoon, and the sun was low, of course. And it made the neck of my guitar so hot that, uh, first of all, it kept uh, detuning, but also the frets, the, those metal little stripes on the, on the neck of the guitar were so hot that it felt like I was burning my fingers. But at the same time, it was so exciting because, it, you know, we were like like a, a bunch of cows who, who were, 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 for the first time in springtime, let out in the meadow again. So we were we were really firing in all six, and the place was. Mm. Did, did you, did, Adrian? Did you get a chance to um, to see Aerosmith or Boston or Poison? Um, I wasn't too impressed with Poison, you know, because um, I, I always liked bands with really good musicians, and I saw some of um, uh, Aerosmith and, and Boston, of course, and, and I've always really liked those bands. Mm. Mm. So interesting, you know, for for this guy to see. Suddenly, see bands live that you admired for a long time, especially Boston. You know, there was of course not, nothing going on the stage. It was quite, you know, quite uh, static. But at the same time, they were they were playing it, and it sounded just like the record. You know, it was pretty impressive. Hmm. I think you and Vivian have very similar styles as well as guitar players. You're like Steve Vai is completely different to what Vivian does. Yeah, true. Uh, yeah, we, Vivian and I were different enough to make it interesting because uh, I've got um, more classical influences in my playing and Vivian um, doesn't so but Vivian also worked great you know I had a great time playing with him and um, I actually had a great time playing with all those guys um, with more Warren Martini was a lot of fun uh-huh. in uh, 1987 uh, no it was 1984 uh, 1994 sorry uh-huh. um, so that was great too you know it's it's interesting because before that I never played um, with another guitar player apart from um, one or two weeks with Finn Lizzy, and that was uh, around 1984 or something. Okay. Something like that. Okay. So Adrian, before I leave you go, um, you've got some shows I believe booked in the UK next year for Vandenberg. Yeah, well actually in November, so I, I hope we can actually do it in November. Oh, it's the end of this year? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then if, if if it's still not possible to do shows with the corona thing, then, then we move it up to February, March or something. Okay. Nice. Nice. So what's the uh, what's the website where people can get in touch with the band and, and buy the record? Uh, it's EdinburghBand.com. And um, the record can also be bought through Mascot Records or through Amazon and all stuff. With Vandenberg.com, we're going to, uh, we're actually in the process of putting up, uh, putting up a web store where people can buy the records and t-shirts and all that stuff, you know, so that's still under construction. Okay. Well, Adrian, it's been a pleasure talking to you again. You keep putting out the music and I'll keep helping promote it. Great. Thanks very much, man. Yeah. And great all talking to you. Fortunately, you had a, a whole bunch of very different questions than a lot of other people did. So. Oh, well, that's, I always, yeah. I always like to hear that. <laughs> Makes yeah, it, man. Doesn't make it boring for you. <laughs> no, no, you know, the thing is, I love play, uh, talking about music because it's my life, you know, and everybody that I talk to, 
journalists or whatever DJs, you know, for them it's their life too. So it's just great, you know. And in my case, I feel so privileged that um, one of my biggest passions became my work. So you know, even if I lose my voice after almost hundred interviews now, next week I'm, I'm reaching the hundred interview from the past two months. Wow. So <laughs> All right, Adrian. I'm enjoying it. So good, good. I'm going to leave you go. Have a good rest of the day. Take care of yourself. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. All right. And as Adrian had said in the interview, as far as, you know, web presence and stuff, that uh, you can go up to VandenbergBand.com and the single is up there. And you can see any of the uh, current dates that they have scheduled for live stuff as well going way out. Hopefully, nothing in that vein gets canceled. And so we'll see whether or not all the rest of the stuff on that site develops like Adrian was talking about. And, of course, the album is available not only in a deluxe CD version, but as Richie had talked about, in vinyl as well. So that's it for this bonus episode of Focus on Metal. Coming up on uh, next week on Wednesday is our last show until we go into our annual summer break. And with that one, we have got Metal Mike from Ardshock talking all about uh, the history of the Ardshock magazine. And then more importantly, and the reason we even had Mike on the show was to talk about uh, Ardshock Day, or as we know it in the U.S., the Ardshock Festival, and how that all came to be. We figure, you know what? None of us are going to festivals this year. It really sucks. But hey, why don't we at least have an episode before we go on break where we just talk about a festival. So uh, that's what we got going there is a great talk with uh, Metal Mike all about Ardshock. But for this episode, that's it. There ain't no more. Stick a fork in it. This puppy is done. So for myself, Richie, and everybody else here at Focus on Metal, until we talk to you again next time, as always, remember... Focus on Metal! Everything else is insignificant. Still here? It's over. Go home.